The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, it sounds like the courtship of Odell Beckham Jr. See what I did there, ladies? Uh, Jerry was ready to put a ring on it Yesterday. on Sunday. Like it. Yeah. Uh, right now. And then I felt like he, start, he, he had drinks with his boys. Sorry, they started to bring some things up about a... About the girl he's about to put this ring on. <laughs> he did compare it to a marriage. Yeah, I, and then I think he just sort of pulled back a little bit. Uh, I'm going to get your thoughts on some of the developments today, ladies. But just in talking to some of my sources around here, Jerry's still a wild card. <laughs> and Jerry could still make a move. He said they're still working on it. He said that on the record. <laughs> and I believe in Jerry's mind. He'd love to get a guy like OBJ in here because of the star power we once saw with the Des Bryant, the merchandising, the personality. And if you've ever interacted with OBJ, he really is this charismatic, dynamic guy. He's one of my favorite players uh, in the league. But there are real concerns about when this knee could be ready to go. And as we've discussed on this show, it's all about a right now because mm-hmm. We've seen this in the past. Rosters look so different next season. Yeah. The NFC East could look different next season. The so, But Jerry Jones, and we've heard it from Sounds from the Sidelines. We heard it from Lovey Smith. We'll get into that. People know this is a special team this year. Yeah. So if you're going to make this sort of investment, it needs to be a now. Uh, I had asked Micah Parsons off to the side, and he was asked it by reporters. <clears throat> when did Micah tell you? When did OBJ say he'd be available? He said five weeks. So you're looking at, what did I tell you a couple of weeks ago when you and you I talked did. about this? I was like, it's going to be a mid-January thing. If it was truly a mid-January thing, I, too, I believe Jerry pulls out the pocketbook. But I think they've got real concerns that this is a late, late January thing, possibly a not a thing in 2022. And that's where things are right now. But as I said to Jerry, I once had a coach in this league say, if you want a free agent, you don't let him leave the building. No offer was made to OBJ. Um, they might still be working on it, but I did go up to Jason Peters just for for giggles. Hey, Jason, when you left the building after your meeting with Jerry, did you have an offer? He had an offer. That was a different situation. He could work out. They had the Arkansas love affair. They need an offensive lineman. But OBJ walked out of here without an offer. They, they might have talked money, but they weren't prepared to do anything because they're still going through those medicals. And I feel like there's a there's a little bit of a hesitation here, and I got to ask you guys, what is the biggest luxury purchase that you've ever had? For me, it was recently my house. I bought a house this year. If I I loved that house, it's the cutest little house. It was sort of a house that I I manifested. But if my real estate agent told me, you can look at the pictures, but you can't walk in the house, mm. am I buying the house? No. I'm not. So I understand the hesitancy and how it can start off with excitement and intrigue. But if I can't walk around the house, how do I justify spending that kind of money? 
whoever wants to jump in here, go for it. But your sort of thoughts on the situation as it's developed and this the enthusiasm feels like it's waned a little bit. Yeah, you know what I thought was interesting was OBJ's tweet today, the little chess piece. And uh, I, I tweeted out, checkmate. And the first thing that came to my head was a Taylor Swift lyric that said, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lose, essentially, which ties back to her uh, mastermind song, talking about how she schemes things ahead. So I just thought, as a Swifty, that was very fitting. But I also think it's very ominous of OBJ. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And essentially... What I can appreciate about OBJ is he knows his worth when he's healthy, and that's huge. You know your worth, you're OBJ, we all know your worth, we all know. What's scary going into this kind of sight unseen, if you will, is will OBJ be the same OBJ that you know him as, you know, pre-injury? And you're talking double the injury at this point. And so I I think, bless you, (laughs) I think uh, what's interesting going forward is the reality set in for Jerry, kind of everybody else, too. I, I think as the week went on, and that's all we've been talking about, that's all we've been scooping about is, you know, OBJ, OBJ. I think the reality set in of, oh, wait, this is a serious injury he's coming off of. This isn't something little. This isn't something that's just going to go away, essentially, if it's not taken care of correctly. So I think reality's setting in a little bit now, and it became more of a tangled web than I think anybody anticipated from it. I... While you were talking, because something that I've tried to be fair about in this is that this is a courtship, to your point, right? It's not just the Cowboys who are interested. There's two other teams who are seriously interested in making an offer, as well as other teams, the Chiefs. I think the Ravens were also on that list. And if you're to believe Mike Florio of PFT, which I, this feels like agent spend to me, the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't. They're man. interested in everybody, though. I can't so. see that happening. <laughs> But to your point, you know, we've spent so much time talking about how he fits in well with the Cowboys. The guys have been actively recruiting him. And it kind of just dawned on me as you were talking. I was like, well, what what did the Bills say for his visit? What did the Giants say? So I just did a quick Google search. And the first thing that comes up when you Google OBJ Bills is Von Miller's surgery. So that, you know, speaks to the level of maybe not interest, but the amount that it's being talked about. Then I did the Giants, and, I mean, he didn't even come up. Like, literally, it says, Cowboys, Jerry Jones on Odell Beckham Jr. visit. We want it to work. And that's when I typed in OBJ Giants visit. And so I think the positive in that, the ball is kind of in Jerry's court. Because I don't want to say there's no competition per se. There's always going to be other people who are vying for his attention because he is who he has been in the past. So I think that gives Jerry a little bit more leniency to say, like, I'm not going to give him an offer right now. Why would I? I, We talked about it yesterday. I want to win right now. So in my head, and again, like I'm just still, I'm learning all of this. So this is just my brain processing in real time. Now it's like, okay, well, I want him on the team, but if he's not going to contribute now, how can I build something that's going to get him to be on the team and be a contributor maybe in the future? Is that something that's manageable? And the, so maybe that's what he's thinking. I'm just trying to think outside the box of all other things because now we've got James Washington coming back to practice. We don't know what he's going to contribute if he does it all. We talked yesterday. There's a lot of other free agents that are coming up next year that are going to have contracts worked out. So I just think it's interesting, but I do think that the benefit is that he wants to be here. The team wants him here. It's just got to look right for everybody. Well, quick, I want to interject there. I do wonder if OBJ has soured based on some of the the content that we've put out there. I mean, look, this is Dallas. This is not unique to OBJ. 
We saw this with the DAC discussions. There's a lot of us reporters in this market. You know, on this story alone, I've probably talked to eight different sources on both sides. And so we're going to ask the questions. And I don't think maybe they don't ask the questions in other markets. There's just such an appetite for every morsel of news in Dallas as it relates to OBJ. And I wonder if that sours OBJ a little bit because I I know the New York media kind of soured him when he was up there the first time. I wonder if that sours him. But to your point, Haley, I've said this last week and I'll say it again. I think OBJ needs the Cowboys more than they need him. I I mean, we're talking about the the Giants. If we're talking about a win now situation, the Cowboys are built for success right now. And we're seeing things sort of coming together. Now, we'll get into this in our next hour. My big concern is the corner position. Mm -hmm. But if I'm OBJ, everything that comes with Dallas, and I was even talking to one of the players in there that's had discussions uh, with Micah, how much he wanted to stay and not move. He wanted this to be a place for his family. There's a lot of players here that come to Dallas that stay and don't move, no state income tax. I think it's very appealing to people that are at their stage in life. But I just wonder if this, with OBJ's ego, because we've seen this, I've dealt with a type of receiver, uh, a few type of receivers like (laughs) OBJ. This sort of stuff, they like to be courted. They like to be treated a certain way. And I I, I do wonder if some of these storylines are souring him. And that's why his tweet today was very interesting to me. He's well, playing, yeah, playing this. He's playing well, the game. Well, that's my that's what my question was for you two ladies, with like you were talking about with the Giants and you know what was the other team he met with the Bills. The, the Bills. Bills. We didn't get any of this type of information. Uh, that's about, exactly what about I was saying. Yeah, that's... And stuff. And one thing I will say is that that Cowboys training staff is is pretty highly touted in the NFL. People are going to trust, to me, a lot of what they say regarding a player because they've shown numerous times they can take players that have key crazy injuries Jaylen and Smith, make them healthy. Clark. <laughs> I mean, even LVE, like these, they've shown they can take guys, and this training staff is capable. So when even when you talk about, like, you know, some of maybe some of the souring, the credibility with the Cowboys, with the Cowboys training staff's word is, is important. But then also... When you talk about this being a win-win for OBJ, this again one of the better training staffs in the NFL, and you've seen he has evidence of guys coming back from similar injuries or even ir- injuries more serious than him. I think it also too, if you were going to get him in the building, one benefit for him would be being with this staff to get him where he needs to be. Who has successfully gotten guys, guys back from ACLs? I yeah. think that there's also been a question of how effective his rehab has been, how dedicated he's been to that, and that's half of to me why. They're so iffy about it. Mm-hmm. I do think if this is if their staff, the Cowboys staff, had an eye on him, was going through his rehab, saw everything that was going on, that maybe this would be a different situation. But they didn't perform the surgeries. They didn't do any of that. And I understand some of the concern. It's it's um I, I can't say it's disappointing, but I'm def I definitely can feel the energy from even the players being like, all right, let's let's wrap this up. Like let's, yeah. let's, let's wrap this up. Like you can feel that. And I don't, keep in mind, no, sorry. keep in mind, Michael Gallup, Jalen Smith, all had surgery with Dr. Dan Cooper, who is the Cowboys team doctor. If there's anyone that knows anything about ACL injuries, it's Dr. Dan Cooper. So they're likely going through his medicals. Now, I did put Stephen on the spot uh, today when we caught up with him outside the locker room. I go, how do you feel about if Dan Cooper had done the surgery, would you guys have had a, a different thought process on this? That's a great question. He didn't answer it the way that I'd wanted him to, but he did say that he respected the doctor who did OBJ's uh, surgery. 
But I do wonder if he had gotten the surgery with Dan Cooper, I think it's, as one person described it to me, would you drill a well without a topography map? And I think that's what they're working with. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're sort of going on this outside information with OBJ and sort of flying a little blind here, and it's a big investment. And again, I still think Jerry's a wild card. I still think Jerry could still do it. But I get a sense a lot of the people in the building are sort of trying to walk him off the ledge on this. And he still could be the top, like, if I'm not mistaken, looking at the free agent wide receiver market in the offseason. If he's healthy, he still could be at the top of that list. So, and it's, so it's funny you say that, Aisha. Again, this is another terrible analogy, but my mom is trying to sell a condo that they've got in Chicago because she's going through the cancer and they'd like to pull that out. Cancer is very expensive. Um, it's not getting any bites. And as one of my girlfriends said, she needs to pull the house off the market, reset its market value, then offer incentives, and that's how you get it sold. I'm like you. I'm like, I don't – I've got a bunch of teams that aren't making any offers and jockeying for me. I think he thought by putting out some of these videos and we're talking about it the way that we are on all these national shows that it was kind of like chum in the water. People, It's creating a feeding frenzy for him, and it was there until it's like – until it's time to show up. Right. It's like, we saw your workout videos, but you can't run routes. I, I haven't seen you cut. Like, these are the things that are important. It, it was the same sort of concerns that people had for Des Bryant when he was working out for the Saints and with the Ravens. And so they're notable concerns. And Jerry told us in the locker room when I asked him about this whole making the uncomfortable decision. I think he's prepared to make an uncomfortable decision. But I think there's a lot of people that are asking themselves just this talk got our guys like CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup going. If we can get some consistency from these guys, do we need a guy like OBJ? You can even talk about OBJ knowing the, maybe not the extent of it, but uh, knowing the media frenzy that was going to happen to come to Dallas to make him more valuable and put more out there for him as far as his value for other teams go because nobody else is going to deep dive into OBJ like the local media here did. I mean, nobody else is going to do it. And that's just the nature of a big name like OBJ coming to somewhere like Dallas. And so I think it kind of, he used the media baiting a little bit to his advantage, but also I, I think it kind of had an opposite effect in a I way. I think it's backfired a little bit. And I just I, wonder if it's hurt his market a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and I think at first it was great. Everybody was so hype on the OBJ train, and yes, let's do it, let's go. But then now with all of the medicals and knowing everything that you know could potentially come out and has come out since the visit, it's interesting to wonder if that backfired and now he's kind of it's just taken too long. I mean, I think that's just the reality that's of the situation. It. And like, I'm sh- like, sure, you have to make sure that you're going through every checkbox. You have to make sure. I think the medical thing was just the icing on the cake. But the fact that we started talking about this during the bye week or right after the bye week, it's now we're going into our second week of December. And the guys have figured it out. They got it together, whether it was the OBJ motivation factor or the DAC coming back, a combination of the two or some intrinsic thing that's motivating them, regardless of what it is. They're figuring it out, and I think you now have these two games where they beat up on the Colts, they should beat up on the Texans, they should beat up on the Jaguars before they get ready for their biggest game of the season with the Eagles. You've got all that time to prep. It just kind of feels like, at this point, like, that's it. Like like you said, this, the wow is gone, it, yeah. it, the appeal is gone, like, Make we just want to move on, play Because, play again, if, if he had come out here and done a workout yeah, and you knew he different. was healthy— he would not have left this building. <laughs> yep, it's yep. write the check. <laughs> this is a guy that delivered. can contribute immediately. Now, then on the flip side, I think you have to ask yourself, okay, 
if he resets his market value, is it better to get him cheap now and build in some injury protections? You've got him in a house and you're sort of built for next year. I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks the Cowboys, because they've sort of been successful. I mean, just look at this roster and what they've done on defense and some of these offensive pieces, the offensive line. I think they still believe they can do these things through the draft and youth yeah. is the way to go yeah. and the smaller contracts. And we may be looking at this thing very different. I mean, we may be looking at this thing going, you should have given up the second round pick for Brandon Cooks. You know, uh, it feels so long ago. Why not Amari Cooper? <laughs> you could have kept Amari Cooper. I, I, I don't think you can second guess those things, but I, I do think that the thing stands out. If OBJ could have played and have been healthy. I think we would be having a completely different discussion. And he may very well be able to play. But, guys, we're talking about the timelines. Mm -hmm. I was asking someone, how long does it take for a wide receiver to get acclimated just to the playbook? Remember as Mike McCarthy told us after his first year that the terminology for Kellen Moore's offense was a little different. It took him a little bit to get up to speed, and now they're really on the same page, whatever. It's going to be a whole different playbook, different terminology, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get acclimated, not just from a physical standpoint, but yeah. from the mental aspect of just knowing how this offense works. And so yeah. I got to let – and I'm not trying to sit here and say, let me cushion Cowboy fans. We were the ones that got you all excited about this. I told you that I thought that this was the realest free agent pursuit that they've had since I've covered this team, and I, and I believe all that. But things can change, change when you get someone in the building. And that's – remember – Jerry kept telling us, I just got to get him in the building. We got to get our hands on him. And they weren't really able to get their hands on it. And I think that's what scares them a little bit. And that's where the pause is coming from. But again, to your point, I don't know what even this discussion has done to his market value. Maybe Jerry's still able to get this thing done. Maybe they're having these conversations. But I just feel like the enthusiasm for this, not just with Jerry, but I feel like the locker room when you listen to some of these guys has sort of waned a little bit. Yeah, it would be a – I mean, the only the only thing, the only way I look at it is as, like, you know, your receiver core is not – I don't know, is not top-heavy of any means. So maybe he's a, you know, a guy that you prepare for if there is an injury. But at this point, I look at this as a maybe we have you here next year thing because of the free agent market. And then also, too, you don't know – if they're going to be going cornerback in first round. Yeah, it's also a game of pros and cons at that point with the free agency because you have guys like Noah Brown and Tony Pollard that you you look at the success they've had this season, specifically Tony Pollard. Uh, To me, that's top of the food chain, top of the line priority when offseason rolls around. It's not necessarily OBJ immediately. It's if all of these things can work out and the, the puzzle piece fits where it may, okay, OBJ later down the road but also there's a long list of free agents for this Cowboys team coming up this offseason I mean and you're just I'm just naming a couple offensive players you even have people like Brett Maher to worry about and things you need to lock down before you can start getting the shiny new toy you need your current weapons that are working with the scheme with the coaching with the environment that they have been working with all year so I think the discussion of OBJ in the future is an interesting one if it can fit when everything else is taken care of first. I think if it doesn't happen now, it probably won't happen down the road, considering the long list of free agents there. I just think we went from a position of need ahead of the bye week to now this feels like a luxury item. I mean, we'd always talked about it as an additive with the way that these guys were playing, but it now feels like this luxury item that when I go 
shopping, there are just some basic <laughs> needs that I have at the house. Do I really need that? Your analogies are on. I know. Crazy. They're great and today. Ty- but, like, but Tyron, you guys mentioned it, though. Tyron coming back, and if Tyron is coming back and he's Tyron, you know, if you can run the ball out, if you can run the air yeah. out the ball, that pass is going to open up for you eventually. Are people going to be dedicating, dedicating gentlemen to that box? So, I mean, CeeDee Lamb's emerging. You see what he's doing. Michael Gallup's getting healthy. But also, we talked about it, and you, we talked about it numerous times, those tight ends – the, the usage of the tight ends also, I think, gives you some flexibility here yep. when you talk about the receiving core because you have guys that can get after it. it, it you're right. Like, and it's the timing, starting to open up. The timing this OBJ discussion really started was post-Packers game when everybody in this feeling, in this building was feeling a type of way after that loss. Yep. And so now with this win stretch that the Cowboys have had and the success that they've really been growing upon given they're not playing the best teams. That's what I'm saying. But, I don't know if I trust it. But so. there's improvement, in, especially in kryptonites within you know the run defense or establishing the run game, utilizing the one-two punch enough, giving uh, Zeke more touches on the ball and what have you, it's a very different team than you were talking about post-Packers loss compared to, you know, going into December football and where its trajectory is now. It's an interesting discussion. I love it around here. I feel like when the the wind blows a lot in different directions here (laughs) at the Cowboys, like I said, new information uh, typically does that. You were talking a little bit about Tyron Smith. I think this is a big piece of the puzzle. What Mike McCarthy had to say about just this receiver group, Dak in recent weeks, and then getting Tyron Smith back, what that ultimately means for the playbook. We'll talk that. Plus what I think is one of the most concerning positions now on the team that's getting lost in some of this OBJ news. We'll have that and more on the other side of this very long first uh, block. Uh, This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating app for the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But Jess, first. Give the gift of the Cowboys this holiday season with Dallas Cowboys United a membership. Gift your super fan, an annual fan membership, and a fan pack as for as little as $20 because tis the season. Learn more at DallasCowboys.com slash United. Awesome. We'll get some uh, injury updates here in a second, but one of the bigger storylines they lost in all this OBJ discussion that I think is more relevant for this offense and its productivity, the return of Tyler's Tyron Smith. Uh, we're going to have to get used to that, ladies. Tyler, again. Tyron. Yeah. Tyron Smith uh, to practice. We haven't seen him since, God, right before uh, week one. I'll never forget being on the blue carpet as they had their – uh, intro to the season and asking all of the players and it literally felt like the sky was falling completely uh, I feel like playing over some of the expectations that I think a lot of us had for Tyler Smith was the rookie over there at the left side and I think a lot of people are wondering all right Tyron Smith return to practice when can we see him next I asked this question it's my understanding we could see him against Jacksonville uh, he likely and again, these things change debating on how practice goes for him. But where we saw some of that sub in, sub out, some some fans watch these games, they don't pick up on that. But I think some of us were kind of like, did yeah. you see that? <laughs> uh, they were switching uh, Tyler Smith out at different positions from left tackle to left guard. And it it felt a little disjointing to the flow of the game against the Colts. But there was a method to the madness. In other words, they're going to be subbing in Tyron Smith a little bit. And you got to love the position flex and the wherewithal of, of Tyler Smith uh, to be able to do that in game. So I think we'll see that against Jacksonville. And then it sounds like they, they really like him to be able to start against the Eagles. And I think that's big. Mm-hmm. Aisha, why do you think that that's big uh, when you look at the film as it relates to this offense that's beginning to find its rhythm in recent weeks? It's just a luxury. It, it is. Like when you talk about a luxury, any team that can add a you know level of, of left tackle at this state in the in the season and get better on the offensive line is I mean I think it's impressive and with with Tyron we saw some of those combo blocks with him and Tyler in camp and they they're moving people out of the way and when you start talking about like we talked about this receiving core and some of the questions or whatever you no know, the Cowboys are already they are dominant in the run game in some instances and to take a tick up from that also too we talked about like Cowboys also too when they're passing the ball they go max pro a lot like max pass pro and that takes a lot of your tight that takes your tight end that is a receiving option and with Tyron being in I would hope that you wouldn't have to send help over there and that you're going to have more options in the middle of the field with some of these short yardage situations and third downs Tyron, and also with the communication, this is important moving forward, going on the road and all that communication stuff. We've seen that be an issue sometimes on that left side with McGovern and Tyler. Just get a more experienced player, and I think they can dominate there. And that's, to me, time of possession, all this stuff, that's going to be important going into the playoffs and into the postseason. 
He's a good addition. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just think Mike McCarthy's quote today when he said, any time Tyron Smith is on the field is a good day for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that, like, enough said, drops Mike. You know, when you have a veteran guy who has given so much to this organization just all across the board, it – it is a luxury to have him on, but it's also like, why wouldn't you want to find a way Tracking to work that, him in? Because yeah. I know that like whenever the f- conversations of him first coming back, there was float around where it was like, well, where is he going to fit? And I'm like, what do you mean where is he going to fit? <laughs> like he's going to fit where he wants to fit because yeah. if he's there, you put him on the field. Um, to your point, I think it just helps the run game. I think it helps the pass game. He really just – the way Dak came back and elevated the offense – you know, while Cooper was standing in, and not that I'm comparing Cooper to Tyler Smith, but just in that same regard, yeah. you put your veteran guy back on and you, you see what happens when Dak comes back. Now you're adding another veteran guy with Tyron Smith back on that offensive line. You want to talk about being contenders for a Super Bowl? I, that's first half of the recipe. And but again, you're not able to, sorry, Jess, no, but again, good. you're not able to do that unless you've got a rookie like Tyler Smith yeah, that can move yep. to guard, can and move be out to guard because you could find yourself going. We want to continue going more youthful. It's a cheaper contract. Why disrupt a guy that's over there at left tackle? And credit to Tyler Smith that they feel comfortable enough kicking him back out to left guard. That to your point, you have the luxury of having Tyron Smith. Now I think it's going to be interesting what the discussion is going to be this offseason at training camp because mm-hmm. he is getting long in the tooth. Yeah. which is crazy because Tyron was so young when he came here, uh, what they're going to do with that situation. But in order to go up against teams like the Eagles, the Titans, uh, when we start talking the postseason, you absolutely want Tyron protecting Dak's blindside because it just gives you more time uh, for Dak to make smart decisions, getting the ball to his guys, and then to your point, running the ball. Yeah. I was also going to say, too, we haven't seen an O-line who potentially has the versatility to have Jason Peters and Tyron Smith within <laughs> the same set. Yeah, oh, my depth. goodness. Talk there's about striking the fear into defenses and wearing them down. I mean, you have that versatility. You have that option for this season because Jason Peters, another free agent, uh, you're going to have to decide on what's best you know, come off season. But uh, something else I wanted to mention too was Tyron's mental toughness. This guy is tough. I mean, physically he's a tank, right? And, and then just the mental toughness. I was telling uh, the girls earlier, I was telling all y'all when, uh, before we started recording, I was there the night at training camp when he got injured and the snap was so loud. Everybody that was in the Ford center kind of got silent because we all knew Something happened, saw him go down, but then you see him get up and he's walking off by himself. Such uh, a freak out. It was, I was thinking us not. I remember it seeing that and thinking crazy. it wasn't serious because he walked off. He like, walked off. Yeah. And, but his own teammates said the same thing. Remember yeah. a lot of them, even Dak, when we'd asked him about it, because I remember asking the guys, you know, where were you? What did you see? Yeah. And they all literally thought nothing of it and to have missed him this many I mean we're talking week 14 coming back that's crazy to be honest it didn't sound like an injury snap it it sounded like something kind of fell but it was loud enough that everybody kind of got silent and you look around but then you see him walking off so to read later when the reports came out of what the injury actually was it was very telling for his toughness because he walked off oh my goodness I stub my toe sometimes I'm not walking on that like I get a leg cramp in the middle of the night I'm crying about it I mean that is just the mental toughness of this guy the leadership the veteran leadership that can be brought to this o-line and then to have Tyler Smith working with both him and Jason Peters like he has been 
Oh my goodness. You're not only building up the team as it is in the now with the O-line, with the versatility, you're also building up your future when you have Tyler Smith working under guys like that. And I think that to me is the most important investment is you're building up this young guy who, uh, if you go back to that same point in time, wasn't supposed to have the starting job. Mike Mm-mm. McCarthy had said at that point, yeah, where things stand right now, Tyler Smith wouldn't be starting. And then Tyron gets injured. And then the rest is history. The the stars aligned for, for Tyler and, and everything that we've seen transpire. But I think also, too, it can help with the discipline and it can help with the mental focus to really, really finally shut me up about the penalties, the pre-snap penalties that this O-line has really been struggling with throughout the season. How about that, though? Three penalties for only 43 Beautiful. yards in this one. Uh, talk about there's your mental focus. and. Again, a lot. Beautiful. 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 She loves it. I love it. it. Uh, What I don't love um, is the cornerback situation. You know, you lost Jordan Lewis. Now you've lost Anthony Brown. You know, when talking to one of my sources, I said, are you guys going to be active out there on the uh, free agent, the waiver wire? They said there's really not a lot out there. And it's true when you look at some of the free agents that are out there. And so what do the Cowboys have? Well, Kelvin Joseph is the guy um, now might be an opportunity for you, Haley, to give us a little injury update as it relates to not only Kelvin, but a couple of other players. Yes. Kelvin Joseph. I feel like I'm not talking to my mic. Kelvin Joseph and Sam Williams both out with an illness. And Mike did tell us after the press conference and his walk off that there were a few guys who were still battling whatever the mystery bug that has affected this locker room. Which for real so quick, long. my neighbor is, uh, she's a doctor and she told me, that they have just gotten a real amount of cases of flu yeah. right now. Like, it is so bad. I, I had one girlfriend that passed out recently. Yeah. Uh, she was out and about, passed out from the flu. So it is going around. My family just had the flu. I mean, it's it's everywhere right now. So wash your hands, everybody. Yeah, please. No doubt. Yeah, so those are the two biggest. They didn't practice. Uh, Quentin Bohanna was – I did see him out working today. He was limited, but I did see him out working um, with the rest of the defensive line. So that's good. No, Jonathan Hankins today, he was out with a personal reason. Yeah, that was confusing. I thought it said personal illness. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? Uh, J. Ron Curse with the shoulder injury he's been dealing with since uh, last week. He was limited once again. And then Demarcus Lawrence uh, still on there limited with his foot. As for the Texans, and we were chatting a little bit about this before because we're going to get into the matchup after this. Uh, the offense is fine, relative speaking. Brandon Cooks has a calf injury. I think he's had for a couple of weeks yeah, now. Yeah, he was out last um, week. So he didn't practice today with that same injury. Um, but he's really the only guy in the offense that is lacking. Oh, Nico Collins is on here as well with a foot injury. He didn't practice another wide receiver. Uh, the, their defensive line, though, is unwell, <laughs> to say the least. A knee injury. <laughs> A guy who's resting, a foot injury, a shoulder, rest day, hamstring, ankle. So a lot. They're going through it. And and (laughs) RIP to those men. We'll talk talk plenty about the Texans and what they're dealing with uh, on the other side of our break. Uh, But let's talk the corner situation for the Mm -hmm. Cowboys. So Kelvin Joseph is the heir apparent, it sounds like. But he's not here. Uh, which is a little concerning. It is. We'll see. He was sick two weeks ago, um, sick again. So in the absence, we've got uh, Sheffield, who is a guy that has familiarity with uh, Dan Quinn's defense, was with him um, in Atlanta. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but call me crazy. If I'm if I'm them, I'm like, 
I'm going with the veteran. Uh, but that doesn't sound like what they're trying to do. He, of course, is on the practice squad, so anticipate him to get elevated. They signed Mackenzie Alexander, and you have a little familiarity with Mackenzie Alexander. Yeah, just a little. He was with the Dolphins for a few weeks before I left to come here, and I know the coaching staff spoke very highly of him. He kind of fit into a similar role as he was doing here where the Dolphins were just depleted at that position. I mean, they were banking on uh, Byron Jones coming back, and we still haven't seen him play a snap with that Achilles injury. Yeah, so they kind of went through the ringer the way we are going through the ringer right now. So um, haven't seen a lot of him personally. I know he was out at practice a little bit today, um, but the vibe, at least from the Dolphins' perspective, is very similar to what Mike McCarthy said about him in the press conference today. He's a guy that brings a lot of experience, a little bit of familiarity. Personally, I believe that he is coming in to be almost a motivator to a degree. I mean, he can play, right? So that's always a positive. But when you've got guys like Nashawn Wright, who Mike McCarthy is saying this morning that he could play in any game or whatever his verbiage was today, he's just young. I think you bring him in. You're playing plenty of young guys. Yeah, it does confusing to me. Yeah, I put that as a question mark in my notes. But I think he just brings kind of another level of competition into that room to see does he spark any sort of you know, um, and a practice body. I mean, yeah, at this point, that's what yeah, you need. Yeah. You so I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good addition when you're thinking about, you know, veteran experience and providing that leadership for some of the younger guys. So I'm just interested to see how he works in. I'm more interested in Kendall Sheffield because yeah. this was a guy that was mm-hmm. brought in weeks ago who mm-hmm. we really haven't even had a reason to talk about until now. So I'd like to see what he brings if he is elevated <coughs> and in what capacity. You just worry when you look at, you know, there's nothing to worry about. We'll get into that uh, on the other side of the break, which we're going to take here in a second against the Texans uh, in terms of some of their weapons. Uh, but when I just think of the Eagles and trying to shut them down without your two starting corners, <sighs> I mean, Deron Bland's done a great job. Of course, you've got Trayvon Diggs, but that is an area of concern. And Anthony Brown's had moments this year where he was kind of getting burned. And so we'll yeah. see if these young guys can step up. Yeah, whoever you bring in or you put at that position, they're going to have to have a mental toughness that's through through this world because Mm -hmm. you have to prepare them for the fact they're going to be picked on. And it's such a, like, I think that's just such a thing, even with Anthony Brown, that doesn't get discussed. It's just like, I asked Dan Quinn about this, like, what do you say to a guy like during the week when you prepare him for the fact that you're probably going to get all the targets. It's not the norm to have a shutdown corner next to you. Yeah. It's not the norm in the NFL. There's not that many of them. And so whoever the gentleman is, they have to instill confidence in him. He has to have practices. Like guys got to hype him up. They have to mentally prepare whoever it is that's filling that spot because they're going to be the highlighted point because if you're going at this defense, that's probably, especially with them starting to shore up the run game, maybe the only weak point. And so also your safety's communication, all of this stuff is going to have to be on point. So it's weird that you're having like, they always talk about the competition. There's a real competition at corner right now. Um, At the end of the season, it's, it's a unique thing. I'm actually excited to see who comes out on top because in this instance, you know it's going to be the best guy. There's no favoritism. Like, it has to be the best guy. And I also think they're not afraid to pull a guy if he's not yeah. playing well. So it's a, I haven't seen it in season like this before in this situation, but the good thing for us is that we get to evaluate on a real level 
you know, like we get to evaluate these guys and see them in game and they have opportunities. Mike did talk about that today too. When asked about Kelvin Joseph, he said, we, we know. We know he's going to get targeted. We've seen it happen before. We know yeah. that he's going to be put to the test. So it's something that they're preparing for. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned that. So it sounds like Dan Quinn needs to do what Mike McDaniel did to Tua. Just tell him how great he is <laughs> yeah. before he goes. Yeah. And look at him now. He's leading the Pro Bowl voting. Great, you're great. <laughs> Al Harris, all those guys are going to just have to be like <laughs> hyping him up about like every. I mean, because these are these are young guys. And one of the with corner, one of the biggest things is if their confidence is shaken, you see it from the moment the ball is snapped. So. Everybody that whoever is taking over that two spot, everybody got to be rooting for that. And dude. that mental toughness is a conversation that started with the O line, but uh, can definitely be taken to the corner conversation as well. Because uh, guess who else has penalties? Kelvin Joseph. Barnacles. And we went down that list yesterday, so I'm not going to do it again to y'all. But I will say it is going to put him to the test for the player that he is now. But furthermore, the player he wants to be a more disciplined, focused player overall. Mm -hmm. No, Josh Norman. No. Uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey's out there. They're going to do with what they've got right now. All right, we'll take our second and final break. On the other side, we'll uh, briefly scout the Texans because that's all we need. We need about two minutes to scout them. <laughs> um, when we talk about this team who literally has one win this season and one tie, it's going to be an interesting noon uh, game for the Cowboys. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, December 10th to experience a rally day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, games, inflatables, and even more. Plus, to uh, visit SeatGeek Skies to your Sea Activation Zone to enter for your chance to win the game day experience of a lifetime, including tickets, a helicopter ride to AT&T Stadium, and a meet and greet with DeMarcus Ware. Wow. Visit at slash rally days for tickets and more. 
for more information. Nothing like a good long read when we have so much time. I'm I trying know. to get through that. Well, ladies, we're not going to need a lot of time, and um, I'm not here tomorrow, so I'm sorry that you guys get to deep dive into these Texans, but we'll give you a quick refresher here. One ten and one, fourth in the AFC South. They have the worst offense in the league, and there's only a few other in front of them for worst defense. Jess, what should the Cowboys keep an eye on? We talk about playmakers. Well, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a playmaker, but if Brandon Cooks is not playing, somebody to keep an eye on is Nico Collins. If he's not playing, well, <laughs> I'm, it, I'm sorry. That's the injury bugs going around for them. Uh, wide receiver Chris Moore, he had 55% of the snap counts last week. He averages about 11.6 yards per catch. He did have two, season, two touchdowns so far this season, and his breakout game was last week against the Browns. So poorly timed. Dion. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so sorry. Or was it? Um, but I will say they are going to try to establish their run game with running back Damian Pierce, who his best game, surprisingly, was against the Philadelphia Eagles in week eight. He had 139 yards, averaged 5.1 yards per carry, and had 27 touches on the ball. Keep in mind, last week he had 72% of the snap counts. There's even more, but I will spare y'all and we'll talk about it more tomorrow. I just have anxiety thinking about storylines that I've got to come up with for four hours of NFL game day morning before this one. Uh, Jess, we got a pass interference before we wrap this up. All right. Well, the Cowboys have played the Texans every four years since the year 2002 and have a record of three and two against them. In that time, the Cowboys have scored 11 touchdowns, averaging a little bit more than two per game. I highly expect we'll see more than that uh, during this game. A total of 91 first downs and they average about 18 first downs per game there. And get this, they have a total of 1,754 offensive yards for the Cowboys and allowing the Texans offense to have 15 or 1,574 yards there. So there's there's that. Well, there's Cowboys, trophy, ain't it? yeah. What? They want a trophy, don't they? Mm-hmm. They want a trophy or something. For what? They If they win the game, it's like a Texan ball. Oh, yeah. They want a trophy or Yeehaw. something. It don't make no sense. It's very college. It's like when SFA and uh, when I did Southland Football Conference, you would get like, it was like. Yeah, I know. Chief Cato or whatever. It's like, yeah. It's funny. You Google Texans Cowboys and the first thing is like, this is not a rivalry. Like, okay, relax. It's fine. It's not, though. I mean, it's like (laughs) Venus and who the other girl who she always beats. Or not Venus. I'm sorry. Serena and the other girls she always beats up oh. on uh, maria sharapova, sharapova. Yep. it's not a rivalry you're so wrong it's uh, not a right ri- it can't be a rivalry i thought you were talking about her sister it's like, like texas and texas no. a&m i'm yeah. kidding i'm oh kidding i'm not trying to get people oh, upset uh, well it's gonna be an interesting game here's the deal the cowboys need to do a better job of not letting these terrible teams hang around we certainly saw that against the colts when they decided to finally uh separate themselves in the fourth quarter with 33 points Already, Cowboys, I feel like they're really sluggish, particularly when it's noon kicks. So we'll see how this one goes because I really don't want to see this offense hit a skid against this team because the conversations and the the storylines we'll be covering that week will be interesting. But I am not here tomorrow. This is you, ladies. Uh, Excited to listen in. But hopefully on uh, Monday, you guys are talking about a victory Monday. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you on the next one. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!